0: Hi, I'm Jake Parker with the What's Your Story podcast. Here I talk with my guests about their life experiences, as well as current and long-term goals, and what gets them through the ups and downs. If you enjoy the show, please rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit my website, jparkerfitlife.com, for access to my Instagram account, blog, and more. Hi, guys. Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. I'm here with my friend today, Chris Hudek. He just got back from uh, a trip for about six months teaching English as a foreign language in Thailand. So we wanted to talk a little bit about today about that experience and about some of the dichotomies between the different cultures, as far as Asia and the United States, as far as being kind of counter to the whole nine to five typical office business, uh, lifestyle. So we're going to kind of go a lot of different directions and I'll let Chris go ahead and give a little bit of a spiel on his introduction and time he spent in Thailand.
1: Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, Been really excited to come on here for a couple months now, ever since you mentioned it. It's been really cool to uh, watch you start this whole thing. And, you know, when it first started as an Instagram account, everyone thought it was kind of funny, but then we realized how serious you were about it. And, um, On top of that, it's just been cool to see you grow as a person and inspire others. You know, the best way to do it is uh, grow as yourself, and then others will take notice. And I think pretty much anyone who's friends with you would say there's been quite a change in you the last few months. So um, it's been cool to see that. And and yeah, I'm excited to share my experiences with you about everything I saw and felt was uh, different between what I would call East and Western culture, and Mm -hmm. just how much I learned and opened my mind to new things. just a short time
0: so as far as your background give a little uh bit of a spiel about sort of where you grew up kind of growing up um going into accounting in college kind of choosing your degree and then sort of making that pivot towards the end of college to now you're on the path to be a teacher and where going to thailand sort of worked in all that
1: yeah man, it it's uh been kind of all over the map but when i graduated I had no idea what i wanted to do in the back of the, in my mind i Figured I wanted to do something with maybe teaching and coaching, but everyone was just so set on the the business field, and and uh, I was pretty set on fitting in with the status quo. So decided to go with business to start out with. Went to Lincoln, joined a fraternity with you, because again, that's kind of what everyone else was doing. Um, had a great time with it; no regrets there. Met a lot of good guys. Um, but then, yeah, accounting kind of took off, and we got into school and really serious about everything, then before you know it, you're doing internships and um, you graduate. And I do my first full-time internship at a public accounting firm, doing about 60, 70 hour weeks doing audits and um, tax returns. And you know, I think about my summer internship at a, a small company. I realized that um, it wasn't really for me in just the terms that I felt very out of place And, you know, every interaction was kind of fake for me. And I realized I was just doing this because everyone else was doing it. And about the time I realized there was two weeks left in my internship, and I could barely even make it till then, Um, just living the office lifestyle, I realized there's no way I'll be able to sign on and do this. About that time, I realized, you know, what else is there out there for me? And um, after one more internship, I realized that this just was not the path for me.
0: Mm -hmm. So how much do you relate your choices in school and the choices you made up to uh, the point in your life up to, to where you are now to sort of your upbringing and what you saw growing up because I know for me yeah, no you, I think that a lot of the choices just came from wanting to emulate the people that I was around
1: absolutely I think for me it was just my parents in my extended family that always lived these big careers and you know, I don't know, we've talked about generational differences between our parents and, and your dad and his expectations for you. And, mm-hmm. and just kind of, you kind of grow up into it that, you know, your status and your job is so important to you. But when you get down to it, I think we both realize it's much more important to do something you're passionate about.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting how like the thing that I've realized the most is that there's a lot more ways to make a living than just having one job or a linear career path. And that. You know, you can, especially in the age that we live in with the resources we have access to, like the internet, is there just so many different directions you can take? Oh, yeah. No flexibility like you've
1: never had before.
0: So where, I don't even know if I actually know the answer to this question, but where exactly did you first get the idea of going to Thailand
1: and teaching English? Um, well, it was from a friend of ours, Anthony Jordahl, came to me with this brilliant plan of uh, going abroad to teach English in some foreign country, and I'd always had the urge to back overseas after I studied abroad and do some big trip and I wanted to go with some friends but most people were still tied up finishing school and whatnot and I found out I'm going to get into this master's teaching program that didn't start for another eight months and I figured I could either do one of two things get some basic boring job in Omaha and live at home and save up some money and do it safe or do something crazy and go abroad and have some awesome experience learning about different things and seeing as much as I could. So I went ahead and went through with that and uh, uh, threw myself overseas and had no idea what to expect and uh, but found a job at a school teaching English to all ages, little kids, middle schoolers, high schoolers, and adults because what you learn is everyone really has a big desire to learn English over there. Um, And at first I really wasn't loving things to be honest. I was trying to fit in with this group of teachers and keep living my Western lifestyle of going to work, working out, trying to lose weight. Um, My big thing was all getting healthy and and getting into shape and and drinking on the weekends. And then after a while I realized that that really wasn't cutting it for me. So I kind of turned away from that friend group and got more involved with the the local Thai people and um, started living life the way they did, which is completely different from our Western culture
0: you think that you were kind of averse at first to being thrown into that just because yeah. it was so different
1: yeah you're just not used to it you're only used to living life one way and but it takes a while to get adjusted and then once you do you realize that you know these people aren't worried about um, what comes next you know what's tomorrow what's the next job I was always asking this secretary you know what she's planning on doing after this job and she like gave me this quizzical look like I'm not even worried about what I'm doing tomorrow you know and then it just kind of hit me that your Western lifestyle is always worried about what's next, you know, what's the next vacation, what's the next job. And Mm -hmm. and these people just live in the moment. They're, they're having plenty of fun, just, you know, having lunch and having coffee with their family. And, and you know, I just realized to start slowing down and quit being so worried about what's next and uh, just kind of live a more simple lifestyle where you enjoy every day rather than work, 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 work work for the next big car, big raise, big job, big vacation.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So how long would you say it kind of took to start making that transition?
1: I'd say about two to three months, really. Um, And then um, a slow process after that. But once you realize how much happier you become, just living the day-to-day life and living in the moment and doing things like me and you have started meditating, actually, Mm -hmm. um, which has quite the stigma behind it. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're some hippie. Mm -hmm. Um, But in reality, it's more about just, Um, focusing on your breath and and being in the moment rather than always being away in your head Mm -hmm. kind of
0: and you think that has a lot to do with the fact I know we've talked about how they are very widely Buddhist out there is that a big part of the that's kind of what they preach essentially
1: Mm -hmm. yep and Buddhism is really interesting because it's not so much a religion of gods Mm -hmm. yeah they believe in reincarnation and whatnot, but all it is is a practice of Clearing suffering and making your mind at peace. And most people don't know a whole lot about it, but in terms of meditating and their belief in karma, you know, they are so stuck in their ways about karma to an extent you wouldn't believe. Everything they do to others, they believe comes back to them. So everything they do is about helping others, being nice to everyone, and making everything a group thing. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a real sense of togetherness and. Anytime I ever felt myself out in public, lost or needing help, people would just come up to you. Uh, if you ran out of gas on your way to work, people would come running out with gas to fill up your tank. They wouldn't take money. They'd give you rides all over town. They'd really make you feel welcome. And once I realized how much better you feel about yourself when mm-hmm. you're living for others instead of living for yourself, it, I really, it was really obvious how much that can make your life better. Mm-hmm.
0: It is weird how it's, it's, kinda, it's hard to describe to people how... Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed a big difference since trying to live more for other people and do things for other people. It's Mm -hmm. just like, it's a feeling that you get and it's not a feeling like it's kind of a high, but it's Mm -hmm. not a high you can get from like, like you kind of talked about getting buying a new X Mm -hmm. car Mm -hmm. piece of clothing, whatever. It's not a feeling like that. It's just a, it's indescribable. I think that Mm -hmm. a lot of it comes back to, I think in, I wouldn't say do research, but kind of try to learn a lot about like our biological and ancestral um, selves and past, and how that's still ingrained in us. I think that a big part of it comes from like you feel that happiness and sense of fulfillment because when we were living in tribes and just trying to survive day to day, that is literally what was going to advance your species, your people, your group, help keep you alive. And so I think that a lot of it tracks back to that that. greater good for sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I think that um, it's really obvious once you start doing that, how um, profound an impact you can have on other people.
0: I know when you, when you talk about how a big part of Buddhism is just like trying to end suffering, not necessarily end suffering, but not, not, I guess, be dragged into suffering. Well, the the, the
1: state of enlightenment
0: is Mm -hmm. literally
1: ending suffering. So now you're right.
0: And so I know that a big part of it that I've, heard of before i guess is just the fact that they say suffering comes from wanting things to be different than they are right now Absolutely. and so just focusing exactly. on like you like falling into your emotions like if you're sad just letting yourself mm-hmm. be sad if you're happy just letting yourself be happy and they say it's interesting because uh i guess when they talk about that i think the main point is like people want to stop being sad as soon as they can when they're sad and mm-hmm. they want to prolong happiness as long mm-hmm. as they can when they're feeling it's happy constantly. but just like How, how are people able to, and how have you yourself, like, what are, what are some tactics that they use to not get caught up in emotions and not want more of good and less of the
1: bad? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult, no doubt. Um, but I think once you realize that you have so little control on what happens in the external world that, uh, concentrating on your internal state of mind just makes all the difference, um, but some ways they do it is meditation, Um, just concentrating on their breath and what's around them and getting out of their head a little bit is a big difference. But um, also just realizing that pleasures, um, although good in the short run, actually bring unhappiness in the long run and focusing more on, um, for example, uh, being compassionate toward others or um, Using kindness or um, using empathy when you're talking to people, you know, is much more important in the long run um, than doing things like boasting or bragging or something like that, which maybe brings um, short-term pleasure, but Mm -hmm. isn't good for you in the long run. So I'm trying to think about how to
0: phrase this, but for example, and now this isn't to be taken like literally necessarily, but you walk down a street in America, you might see a mechanic, a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, an X, a Y, whatever, is it the same in Thailand where like people still have these careers or is it different in like people don't have set career paths and things like that?
1: Uh, incredibly different. There's, um, there is doctors and mechanics and lawyers. Um, but that's in the westernized part of it, you know, in the true Thai areas, people work a restaurant seven days a week, people work a cafe, people work in uh, rice fields people work in their day their family-owned shop that's had for generations and you know you always ask them, you know are you trying to expand your business are you trying to you know get employees and and they're just content with working seven days a week where they are they hardly take vacations um, it doesn't make any sense and they're they're very poor and you'd mm-hmm. think this would lead to you know a sense of negativity or um, uh, suffering, but in reality, they are so content with what they have, and they just don't care about what's next. They just care about, you know, serving fruit to their daily uh, customer and creating relationships with their their customers and their friends that they're so connected to others um, and have such a sense of togetherness that they aren't really worried about what's next, you know, and it's really hard to wrap your head around that. But um, uh, I sent you that I, I sent you that book about the Dalai Lama mm-hmm. and uh, the difference between Eastern and West cultures. And one of the main things was that in Eastern culture, they grow up with so much suffering around them that they're used to it. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, people dying at a little bit earlier age, sickness being more common, poverty, working more. That they're so used to that that when they grow up, anything good is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas me and you have talked about sometimes you grow up here in this. Uh, fantasy land of suburbia that everything's supposed to be mm-hmm. rainbows and butterflies. Like the biggest water.
0: struggle might be if your TV would go out yeah, or something like that.
1: Exactly. And you're just not used to suffering that um, you know, a lot of people lead to having great sense of depression and anxiety when they grow up here. And it's not really talked about because it's kind of a stigma. But I think if you look around, um, people aren't quite as happy as what they might put out there for you on mm-hmm. social media or how
0: they talk and how they act yeah I think one of the most fascinating things is just that the fact that I always I think that I up until like graduating I was always in a somewhat similar um I guess area in life if you want to if you would say it that way just the fact that like it was safe like I had the support of my parents not that I don't have the support of my parents now but having my degree and not having any plans to be in school again in the immediate future like I'm on my own and paying all my own bills and stuff like that And so the difference just being like, it's not, it's, it's, it's definitely a good thing, but it's a lot different for me. Like I have to think about, it's, it's allowed me to think more about what I really want and what's important to me. Oh yeah. But where I was going with that is just that I think it's crazy how, um, your expectations really match your reality. And I never realized that until this point where like, I remember when I used to, like, I, I, I had pretty bad anxiety going in, like, being in my last semester of school, because I was like, I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah,
1: you're freaking out. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, but now it's just like, and even, like, living here in Omaha, I was like, oh, I don't know if I could live in Omaha. Like, I've only lived in Hastings and Lincoln. That's what I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And now I've been here for, like, two months, and it's, like, totally normal. It's yeah. just, like, I think that people really... Your mind
1: building stuff up in your head that's mm, not actually meant
0: to be. I think that people really just, like, don't... I think, yeah, just like you say, you build it up too much, mm-hmm. and, like... You don't, you underestimate your own capacity even Yes. to where like, oh man, this is going to be so much different, but like different isn't necessarily bad. Just like you adjust so quickly. Yeah. And I think that that's what resonates with me the most when you talk about those people there. If yeah. someone from America was like, oh my God, they live in, I mean, in squalor yeah. almost, oh it's like, how, how can they be okay with that? But it's really just so much based on your mindset and what you're used mm-hmm. to.
1: Yeah, no, I think you had two big things there. Um, <laughs> One would be your expectations versus reality. And there's a million studies done on happiness is pretty much what, what is it? The happiness hypothesis is your expectations minus reality is your outcome. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to kind of drop expectations of everything, you know, um, and just live life with how it is not what you want it to be and what Mm -hmm. what you want things to be. Um, And then secondly is um, the willingness to have an open mind. Um, Because when you live one life for so long, you think anything different is wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think what I've learned is the amount of times where I've felt so strongly about something my whole life and then recently realized how wrong that was Mm -hmm. to just consider myself to, you know, have an open mind towards everything because in reality, um, your brain thinks you're a lot smarter than you actually are. Mm -hmm.
0: I think one of the biggest dichotomies just in the world in general is like the more educated, especially as far as like life experiences being educated you become, it's like, the less sure you are. I mean, there's some kind of quote along the lines of like uh, the, the, mo- the the most intelligent people are the least sure of their convictions and the least yeah. intelligent people are the uh-huh. most sure of their convictions yes. or something like that.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. You want to be, I think the quote was, you want to be, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room, mm-hmm. no matter what you always want to be learning from someone.
0: So my next question that comes to mind is what do you think about the comparison of something you kind of touched on? as far as the um, positive feelings you get from earning more money and earning more things like is sort of typical of the Western culture of things that people try to um, strive for in earning monetary and business success. And then just as opposed to being happy with what you have and just being grateful for everything. Mm -hmm. What are some of the big differences there? And as far as what you've noticed yourself and I guess just your own thoughts about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think what I've noticed is that um, a lot of what comes with making money and bigger things is, um, is uh, someone's desire for status um, in culture. It's not how, how many things do people buy for themselves that if no one else knew about um, they'd really care Mm -hmm. about, you know? So over in Thailand, I'd say people um, didn't really have this sense of, you know, status and always being so worried about what people think that they don't even know, you know? Um, so here you're always going to care about what the people closest to you think, you know, but the people that, um, you just come across in daily life, people are very concerned about making sure that their status is meeting theirs or above theirs, whereas in Thailand, everyone is more worried about, um, just becoming friendly with everyone and, mm-hmm. uh, a greater sense of togetherness and, and not so, uh, Competitive, you know, mm-hmm. in, in our culture, um, there's no doubt that competition and um, capitalism has made this country so advanced, and um, you can never have it any other way. But with that comes a sense of competition and squashing the other person, and even to get deeper with it, profitizing every little thing. Mm-hmm. You know, people always know there's issues with healthcare here, but when you think about it, it's coming down to the fact that we're making the dollar off people getting sick and dying and other countries are just no one else does that anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. you know so between that and uh, constantly trying to to put others down in your in your pursuit of making the dollar has just become i think maybe over the top recent in recent years
0: and the thing about the thing about money is like you can always make more and it's just kind of like we just talked about expectations like if you want to strive to make fifty thousand dollars and you make that and then X amount of years later, you make a hundred thousand dollars and you want to make 200,000, mm-hmm. you want to make mm-hmm. 500,000, you want to make a million. When you know, yeah. When's it enough? But I wonder, I, I, I was also kind of thinking like, how does that relate to happiness? Because it's not, not that it's similar, but like money, it's like your happiness net doesn't necessarily have a limit too. And so, I mean, I'm sure that with them, a big part of it is like, like you say, being present and being mindful. But I guess that that kind of goes back to the fact of just not wanting and not mm-hmm.
1: getting rid of desires.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess to where I think it's just hard for us to look at sometimes happiness because it's such a, it's so different than a lot of the ways that people look at it in other areas of the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, because like you can always thailand. you can always want more happiness, but at the same time I think it's different striving for happiness than it is striving for money. It's much different.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And it's it's not just Thailand. It's other. It's Europe and it's Canada and it's all these other countries, but it's, it's hard to, it's hard to con- convince people and tell people about it. Cause your only experience is um, this mass media and everything that everyone else around you is experiencing here. So it's, I mean, you know, even before I left, I just had so many different opinions on things and not that this has just totally changed everything about mm-hmm. me, but before you're exposed to different ways of thinking um, it's, it's really hard to wrap your head around
0: so how do you think that relates back to comparison would you say that i i I would assume from an outsider's perspective that comparison probably not that it doesn't exist at all but it's probably very irrelevant in that culture and how does that relate to here where it seems like we're constantly comparing ourselves to others and our things to others yeah
1: no in a way and again we've, we've been kind of Bashing on culture here, and it's not all bad. Um, there's certainly good in things. Um, I still think there's great people you meet everywhere here. I just think kind of the way of life does affect things. Um, and I would just say, kind of like what I said earlier, you know, people everywhere care about what those close to them think. If a good friend of yours tells you something offensive or mean to you, you're going to be affected by mm-hmm. it, or your parent. Um, I think the difference is um, constantly comparing yourselves to people that you don't know here. Mm-hmm. You know. And many people say Americans live in their own bubble. Well, Europeans live in their bubble, and Thai people live in their bubble, and Australians live in their bubble. So everything, you know, everything is a product of what you're around and your circumstances, and what other people around you are doing, much more so than the person itself. You know, it's kind of a cruel example to use, but if me and you grew up in Nazi Germany and we're 22 year olds, you know, um, we would
0: have been Nazis. <laughs> yeah,
1: what, what are the chances that we were enlisted? You know. Or if we were, if we grew up in Alabama, um, when slavery was a thing, what are the chances we own slaves, you know?
0: Yeah. And you look so back it's at cynical like, cynical to think about. Yeah. But. Like you look back at our founding fathers and yeah, they had a lot of noble ideas and they founded this country, but at the same time, they all own slaves. Yeah. Like know, you think about how, how far thought They're glorified in American history textbooks. In, yeah. in just like a couple hundred years. But yeah, something else I think is interesting when you talk about like the comparison aspect is, I think it's. I think that people in America are really affected by like, first of all, we kind of touched on social media. That's a huge route for comparison as far as like people talking about themselves and stuff like that, but also through TV, uh, especially advertising on TV and stuff like that. I mean, advertising is everywhere now. Obviously people aren't watching typical Mm -hmm. TV as much anymore, but I think that advertisements are a big part of like making you want more. And so feeling like more money is going to get you X or Y. Mm -hmm. I think that's another really interesting aspect of it just oh, in it terms of like they're not well, they're not over there watching tv or they probably do consume social media yeah. i'm guessing but not social as media is as everywhere. high an extent
1: and even the poor poor people over there still everyone had an iphone and instagram you know it's just taken over everything but mm. more importantly the mass the mass advertising you talked about has become so profound that you know it instills you that you're always needing more and wanting more you know more than anything it's not just about status and Comparing yourselves to others, but when you're constantly being shoved down your throat that you need more, you know, based on whatever it is commercials, advertisements everywhere, you know, it just kind of becomes your way of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, a friend of ours works for the Chai Health Center, and what do they just pay $30 million to put their name mm-hmm. on the downtown entertainment which center? Which is supposed to be nonprofit, <laughs> which is kind of messed <laughs> up, but that's a whole different Yeah, story. I mean, I get it. They have to have their business, but it does sum up a lot of. Uh, the stuff
0: here so yeah well anyway on a lighter note what are your I guess sort of plans now I don't want to talk about your entire future plans yeah. here but like as far as where do you want to go with teaching I know that you uh, obviously have a, a employment opportunity coming up so yeah what, what, are, what are your plans there
1: well um, I'd say when I first decided to do this program and become a teacher I was kind of a little bit um, down on myself as if you know I couldn't make it in the corporate world mm-hmm. whereas after teaching and learning how much um, joy it brings you, and how much I really loved it, and the mm. relationships that come with it, you know, I think I have a new outlook on it, and I'm really excited to see where you know it takes me. Um, right now, I'm going to be in a program to get certified to be a high school teacher and teach business, um, which is where I want to start. But um, I have plans to get my master's, and then you can teach college courses. I would love to continue teaching English as a foreign language back in the States um because of the relationships you can form with you know people here struggling Mm -hmm. to adapt to their new culture here you know refugees and immigrants and uh so I'd like to continue doing that as well as um working towards getting that certification.
0: Yeah that brings up another point which is I was trying to think about how to phrase this. I wanted to use the word the word that comes to mind would be forgive yourself but I don't think that that's I think that kind of has a negative connotation but just saying like, how how, how how did you deal with like the negative feeling of like, oh, I went and got this accounting degree. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, the term forgive yourself doesn't do it justice, but like forgiving yourself for, oh, why didn't I just know I wanted to be a teacher from the start? Or why did mm-hmm. I go through and get this degree in something I didn't really enjoy? Yeah. How did yeah. you deal with those like feelings and emotions and kind yeah. of making the, oh. the turn?
1: Well, at first they're kind of overwhelming, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone you know and everything you know is saying, you know, you kind of cuffed out and... Um, just because you didn't like it, but in reality, I think um, if I hadn't gone through with that, you wouldn't have learned um, what you do like. And you hear a million times, but the only way to find what you do want to do is, you know, learning what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So that certainly was part of it. Um, but also, um, I don't know. I think you got a finance degree, and um, we both got good degrees. But yeah, like you're never going to regret having
0: it. having a bachelor's degree no. in business because I mean that's the way that our world works. Our world. Is always, in mm-hmm. some sense, has some business context. Yeah,
1: I mean, everyone out there needs a degree for something. It mm-hmm. um, Doesn't exactly matter what subject you happen to study; it's not going to make all the
0: difference. It's just interesting, like how we've talked about before. It's uh, well, that's one of the other big differences between, uh, like, the Eastern and Western world is just the fact that here you make the decision of, like, what what career path you're going to take at 18 years old. Yeah, which is oh crazy, God. and you go straight from high school too to where I know that most other places um generally like is a break or a gap year or something like that mm-hmm. to kind of give yourself a little bit more time to think
1: absolutely yeah you you go from having to raise your hand to use the restroom at 18 mm-hmm. to deciding what you want to do the rest of your life which i mean i don't know i think i think most people out there went to college for something different than they do now anyway mm-hmm. so i think it's very very common and not not something you need to have your life decided by such a young age and um, it's just a process of always growing and learning yeah you're never set on one thing for life
0: yeah like you say and just like the changes in perspective I think anyone can relate like when you're a freshman or sophomore and you're in business Mm. college you're like yep like I'm going to be working in x company or x Mm -hmm. business x field Mm -hmm. till I'm Mm -hmm. ready to retire and then you kind of realize like we talked about there's a lot of different paths you can take yeah even if that's like something else we sort of talked about, even though like owning a business, you still, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to own a business these days too. It's not necessarily like owning a physical business, but there's so many different ways to use your degree. I think that f- one of, one of the things that I've I was even talking to you about before this is I, I think that with how much the world's changing, that the typical nine to five office cubicle job oh, it's is going to become yeah. antiquated at some point Absolutely. just because of how fast we're advancing Mm-hmm. If not for people's thought processes changing in this way, like mm-hmm. we've talked about, for the fact that there's going to be technology that's going to yeah. be able to do a lot oh, of things. Automation, that we're doing in office automation
1: is just taking over everything, you know. Yeah. I and mean, what are people even doing in office jobs anymore? Mm-hmm. Just entering data into the computer software. That's mm-hmm. all you're really learning. You're not using the formulas. You're not you're not doing the basic procedures anymore. It's all just about yeah. what you can do on the computer.
0: So that's why I think another good part about having a degree, and especially a business degree, is there is a lot of emphasis on soft skills and that's one thing that at least at the current time, like computers can't necessarily emulate that. And like we have the unique ability to have human intellect and have soft skills. And so I think that's one thing that people, people do focus on, but even could use some more emphasis is just making sure you are thinking critically and you're having those soft skills of communication and selling is another big part depending Mm -hmm. on what exactly you want to do, but, I think every aspect of life you're going to have to sell yourself in some, in some sort of way. So yes. I think that your principles and your soft skills are what's going to carry you into the next wave of whatever that is Absolutely. In, in society. Yeah. I
1: mean, just look at what you're doing. You can't, you can't be like that. Ah, you're, mm-hmm. you're looking at doing coaching and personal fitness mm-hmm. and all those things that will never yeah. be replaced. Like,
0: we can, like as humans, we can almost read each other's brainwaves in a sense. I think we're always kind of doing that. And yeah, that's just not something that a computer can 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 comprehend at least at this point I guess that's all I have but I will I guess you sort of touched on the what's your story question but as hopefully people are starting to know I end every podcast by asking the guest what do they want their story to be when it's all said and done looking back down the road years and years from now I think that you've sort of touched on how you want to be able to impact people and just live a life that's Based on your own purpose, I guess, and finding your own meaning. But what would you say if you had to expand on what you want your individual story to be?
1: Yeah, um, that's a pretty comprehensive question. But um, I guess at the end of the day, I would rather have my life be about relationships with others, you know, um, on an everyday basis and impacting uh, young people's futures. Um, I know I had great role models when I was in high school of coaches and some teachers and um, my goal is to be that teacher for the next generation. And, you know, I, maybe I don't necessarily believe in, you know, teaching debits and credits as much as I do, um, making an impact on someone's life and and uh, hopefully giving them some inspiration for their future. So I guess when it's all said and done, I'll judge myself more based on um, how many people I've reached out to and touched than uh, what I've created for a business or anything like that.
0: I like that, it's a good goal. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next week. This has been the What's Your Story podcast. I'm Jake Parker. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and listen in to new episodes every Monday and Saturday. Also, give us a rating and review or share with a friend or family member you think might enjoy the show. I'm always looking for new guests. So if you or someone you know would like to come on the show, please reach out by email or Instagram. Both are easily available on my website, jparkerfitlife.com. Thanks.